One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Now today's episode is slightly different than we've normally gone over because we're now in the music business with the woman the legend herself dj brooklyn welcome to the show thanks for having me it's good to be here uh it's it's, it's brilliant to have uh, a, f- a female that's done so much i didn't even realize that you'd been in the industry for like eight years now eight years this year yeah it's been it's, a long time it's been a while man it's been a while when i was looking at some of the stuff online i was like fucking hell, i didn't even realize that track was that old but like let's just before we go into like what you've done and what you're doing now and all the stuff you're going on to and some of the some of the mad stories you've got to tell i wanted to really um give people an understanding of where you've come from mm-hmm. because like even the town you came from i can't even pronounce the name of like so <laughs> you've come from central queensland uh-huh. which is like in the middle of like for, for anyone listening to this in england <laughs> it's, it's you call it the sticks i call it bumfuck nowhere <laughs> like you've come from from nowhere and you've come and you've started to and obviously built a brand for yourself and built a name for yourself in the industry and then obviously launched off the back of that get for the people at home that don't know, don't know, just give us a bit of a background mm-hmm. into this, into growing up in this town and like. Yeah, so I came from Biliwilla, small town, about six thousand, I think, that lived there. Um, pretty much nothing to do there. Like growing up, we were in the backyard a lot. Um, for girls, there was like dancing or soccer. Um, very much a boy town, mining town. Footy was a big thing for our town. Um, so yeah, I I chose dancing, and I grew up performing on the stage I did musicals I've got two sisters so we were really close and we all did dancing together um and yeah pretty much did all my schooling there and then year 12 came and I just wanted to get out of there because there's not much to do after school you either become a hairdresser or a receptionist and that's not what I wanted to do so I packed my bags and moved to the Gold Coast with my older sister and haven't looked back really so obviously, I think you said originally you came you came up here for like even schoolies, wasn't it? Yeah, so I did my schoolies week here, and I had the best week of my life. I loved it so much that it made me wanted to move here. So when you moved here, what what were you originally doing like for work and stuff? Uh, my first job was in retail, so I worked at City Beach, and that was fun. Like I made a lot of friends through that. And I did a diploma in beauty therapy on the side while I was doing retail. And then I got into the beauty industry for a little bit. Um, And then I just found out it wasn't for me. I was, yeah, just craving something else. And I got into the nightlife industry, I guess. I started to do a bit of go-go dancing. Um, And then I saw what DJs did and I just needed to learn how to DJ from there on. So go-go dancing is is like where you dance on like the podium in the middle of a club, right? Yeah. So I did like Platinum, Sin City and we would just dance and hype the crowd up. And um, yeah, it was a fun, easy job, got me fit and I love dancing and performing. So yeah, and it got me into the nightlife industry and the DJ industry. So at what point like when you were dancing on on the podiums, doing all that kind of stuff, did you think you said, okay... rather than being on this side of it even though I'm, even though I love dancing rather than taking your dancing career somewhere you've you've decided to go into something you weren't even doing at the time but you're already good at dancing so what was give me give me a bit of an insight into like the mindset behind that I think I was just fascinated 
by the music, the transitions into track after track and just watching. I used to watch Chronic at Sin City and he's a freak on the decks. And I don't know, I was just so intrigued and I just thought I need to learn how to do this just for fun even. Like it's just something I was so interested in. And and when you obviously once you decided you were going to do it, did you just what just buy a set of decks and just start practicing, or did you get one of these one of these awesome DJs to start teaching you how to mix tracks and stuff? That's the thing. I used to hit up Chronic and all these other DJs that I knew and said, "Can you teach me?" And I don't think they took me seriously. Um, But yeah, it took me losing my job, my beautician job that I had, and having to move back to Central Queensland. I moved to Gladstone or Tannum Sands because that's where my parents were at the time. So I had to move back there and get another job and there was a nightclub there and they had the time to teach me. So it's kind of weird how, you know, you get pushed in a different direction and that pushed me to someone who had the time to teach me and show me the few things. So yeah, it's kind of weird how the universe works like that. I think I think it's 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 like anything, you, you kind of you kind of have to have these adversities in life to come through the other side to to get to where you're actually meant to be. Like some people have it as a breakup, other people have it as you've had it as going to move home with your family. I mean, going home and moving home with your family after you've lived out of home is like the biggest <laughs> calm down in the world. Yeah, I was so lost and I had a boyfriend on the Gold Coast, so we had to do long distance at the time, which was hard. And I just knew I had to do it for myself anyway and, you know, save some money and then come back and try get, you know, another job or whatever. Um, but yeah, I loved, I actually loved it because I made friends there and I started to DJ there and my life kind of started to change. So who who gave you your first shot then in, in like DJing? So there's this club called Bojangles in Gladstone and a guy named Benny who was running the club at the time and he's like yeah come in like before we open and I can show you a few things on the decks and we can go from there. So I would finish my day job go to the club and then he would show me the basics on the decks and eventually he's like you can open the club and you know start playing if you want so I just did that for a couple weeks and got my confidence up and then eventually it was time for me to move back to the Goldie so yeah I just had to take those skills with me and then try here. Because like an opening time for a club what's that like 9 10 p.m something like that? Yeah like nine o'clock and it would be dead of course but it was just for the experience and the practice and the learning. It's just reps and it's just reps same with a podcast you know your first podcast isn't going to do like hundreds of downloads thousands of downloads it's your first podcast isn't it like no one knows who you are at the moment like so it's just the same with you DJing in front of an empty club it's not it's not actually you're not actually trying to entertain people you're trying to learn how to mix and fade and and and, you know transition in and all this stuff what how did you go obviously once you've obviously gone gone into that and 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 took it to that level you come to the gold coast and I think it was platinum one that you first started to DJ in yeah well I came back and I did a few gigs here and there, like random ones for free. And then I entered a DJ competition called Your Shot in Brisbane. And I didn't win or anything, but that's where I got scouted. And I got scouted by Joey, who was um, the owner of Platinum. So he heard about me, saw me, and decided to sign me on. Um, He was part of an agency back then, and he took me on. He managed me, and I DJed at Platinum as my residency to start off with, um, which is an amazing club. Because I got to support, you know, the biggest names that were coming into town at the time. So who, who are some of the big names coming in at the time? Um, well, I think Will Sparks was kicking off at that point. So he was, yeah, exciting to support. And TJR, like a lot of overseas DJs that were coming in. Um, EDX. Um, 
a lot of like Timmy Trumpet, the Staffords, and all that back then. So, so yeah. it's a good it's a good like time to be around and on the platinum days. Yeah, it was packed every Saturday. Um, yeah, supporting big names. It was a good networking spot to start. Yeah, were some of these DJs teaching you like tricks of the trade as your as your like residence with them or? Um, I don't think the DJ industry, like, I don't think we share tricks of the trade so much. Like, there are a few that will, but everyone kind of, I learnt, you know, on their own, on their own terms. I had to figure out a lot of stuff on my own, um, but... Yeah, um, cause see, because see, I, 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 so does every, so just, just so that I'm, I'm, I'm asking, I might be asking a dumb question here, but does every DJ have to start with, like, a residence somewhere to get that? to get that traction to get that um to go on to the next stage or is it is that like kind of part of your apprenticeship where you go you start to learn then you do it then you get scouted then you do a residence then you obviously start doing um performing under people and then you start going on to main stages is that how it kind of the trajectory looks um i think it, it might be different for everyone but i think it's best to start as a resident because you're learning how to read a crowd you're learning all the stuff that you need to learn first as a base to become a touring act i guess um, reading a crowd is probably the number one thing that DJs need to do, unless you're known for your sound, like Will Sparks is known for his music, so he can play his music because people are there to see him and his music. Um, but when you're starting out, reading a crowd is important, keeping a crowd on the dance floor, learning all those things, um, hyping the crowd up, getting confident on the mic, learning how to perform and get up on the decks at certain points. Like there's a lot of thought that goes into a DJ set that people yeah, don't think it, about. It's more than just playing music. So talk to me about this reading a crowd thing because that, that, that really interests me in how, in how mm. the dynamic of that works. So are you talking about when you're out there and you're DJing, you're throwing down this and the other and you're on the decks, boom, boom, boom. It's like you're vibing, whether they're vibing with that sound and that beat. Is that is that how it works? Or? Yeah, you can definitely tell if the crowd is wanting like more cheesy commercial stuff, or if they're wanting more heavy stuff, or more energetic stuff. Like you just have to really feel it out. Or some places you kind of know what to expect, and some you don't. So I always have a backup playlist as well. Um, yeah, it's just something you've got to learn along the way and continue to learn, I guess, because music evolves, people evolve, and what they want to listen to is different. Have you ever had a time when you when you've not read the crowd right? And you've kind of, and you felt like you've, you've fucked it up. Because, <laughs> like, I feel, I feel like that must happen. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, there's been, like, I've tried out a new track and people don't even know what the song is. So they're like, oh, let's go to the bar and get a drink instead. Um, but then you can always bring them back. That's the thing. As long as you know how to bring them back and when to change it up. And yeah. And so, so it, it just baffles me, like, because if, 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 if cheese isn't your flavor, right? Having to drop that in a set midway through a set that where you're playing where you're vibing it that must be kind of soul destroying for you as the as the artist right or does does that not come into play is it uh, all, is is it solely all about the crowd because i know it has to be all about the crowd at the end yeah. of the day but like is it that what's how do you feel about dropping that when you're when you're vibing the other stuff well that's the thing as a dj you can make your own little mashups up so you can have a commercial acapella on top of you know what you vibe which might be a heavier beat and it kind of combines what you like and what the crowd likes at the same time so yeah when when I'm putting a set together I will make my own little edits my own little mashups things that I like too and that the crowd might like as well so you kind of make it your own so so before 
how long was it along this a lot along this track then that you started to make your own beats because obviously dj djing is is, is, is an art in itself mm-hmm. but then obviously you're talking about now bringing your own beats and own flavors to things was it wh- what particular point were you confident enough where you could read a crowd and this that, and the other so that you could go away and make your own beats and then bring them back to a crowd and they're, and they're sweet yeah um well i started off making just mashup and edits which are pretty easy um but making your own originals is a whole nother thing so even I couldn't do that on my own today. Like I still need a skilled producer to help me tweak it and make it sound perfect because I haven't been trained in that like some people have for years and they're perfect at that. So it's it's better to work with someone who's more advanced in that area. But um, when it comes to making little edits and mashups and things like that, I can easily do that on my own. Um, self-taught, I've had to, you know, YouTube and things like that to learn how to do it all. But it's part of my job and I love it and you yeah you've got to be skilled in that area as well there literally is like so many different avenues you have to cover you have to cover like being able to DJ so the technical attributes of the DJ then you're talking about reading the crowd and now you're talking about you know mixing flavors and mash doing mashups and then you're talking about having someone who's more highly skilled than you to obviously mix up and throw down the beats yeah yeah when it comes to originals like there's a lot a lot of people and they probably don't talk about it but a lot of people work with other producers to make their original sound ready to go out in public. Yeah, I saw example talking on Instagram the other day and he was he was saying that um he wrote a he wrote a track and, and a beat for Ky- I think he was going to put it to like Kylie Minogue or some or not Kylie Minogue. Yeah, it might probably was Kylie Minogue. And then she didn't want it, but the weekend took it and he had a, he had like a hit he had like a num- multi wow. multi platinum number yeah. 1 of it. He j- and it just like they did one per one artist didn't vibe it so you put it onto another artist. Mm-hmm. But Obviously, like when when you're, how, what was it then that that when you thought you, obviously you mix tracks now and that and you've made made a lot of tracks now. When when was it that one of your tracks actually like your original tracks actually went and popped, like fully popped? Um, I don't know if any of them have fully popped. I don't even know. Like, it's kind of hard to get it to the radio level. Like that's yeah, yeah, the goal yeah. is to get it on rotation on a commercial station. That'd be epic. But I think. People were just excited that I started putting music out, so I got a lot of hype around my first release when it came out, and then obviously everyone was waiting for the second release, and then I released that, and you know I did a cool visual with that second one, so that went around, you know, on um, gyms and is, stuff. Is that the one? Is that the one with the two, the two you dancing with the two girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah in that, the pink background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I get that, tagged I in that a lot, so people see that you know in gyms and whatnot, um, which is really cool. Um, yeah, but um. Do, do you do you find though that make like what is your most passionate thing to do? Is is it is it just DJing and and playing other people's songs, or is it actually making the music yourself? Um, out of the whole DJ job, I love performing. That's probably my number one thing is performing to a massive crowd. Um, number two definitely is putting out my own music and being creative with it. Like I love designing the artwork to designing what are the visuals going to look like and the video clips and whatnot all behind it. I love putting it all together and just, yeah, seeing it come to life. If if you were going to give any advice to anyone that's listening to this that wants to like wants to start DJing, what would be like some key bits of advice that you'd give them to obviously even just get started in this? Um, number one is know who you are, what kind of music you want to play, what kind of image you want to put out online 
networking is a massive thing. Like it is a small industry when you think about it, our little DJ EDM community here. So networking is huge. I remember like sending off my mixes to promoters all over Australia and just saying, have a listen. You know, if you like what you hear, then, you know, I'd love to come play at your club. Even like for free, like I started off doing gigs for nothing. Um, I, th- I think everyone in any, it doesn't matter what you do. I think you start off doing things for nothing. Like I remember when I started my business, like we, we were removing content for people for nothing. It's just like, it's just kind of one of them things. It's, it's one of them things that people don't, um, people say, oh, they want to go from a job into doing something they're passionate about. It might be DJ, might be something else, but they're not, sometimes people, I don't find people are willing to do the free stuff to, to get the reps to be able to go and do and get paid like mm. what you're getting paid now. Yeah, like I think people look at me and some don't realise what I've done beforehand. They've just seen me take off and tour around the country now. But beforehand, I was managing myself. I was organising my own tours and doing them for free and booking my own flights and my own accommodation and figuring out what would people want to hear in this town and that town. But now, like obviously I know when I've got people behind me helping me organise these tours. But yeah, doing it all yourself and for nothing it was yeah it's a big thing but i love it how long did you do you think you how many years or how many months did you do it for nothing before you started to get your first paid gig and what was your first paid gig well i was pretty lucky i did maybe a year um of doing gigs for free and managing myself and then i did the your shot competition and got scouted and then once joey signed me that's when i started actually getting paid for what i love to do um, so it took me probably a good year of hustling hard and I pretty much gave up my day job. I think I was working part time. So I was really focusing on it for a full year before I got signed. I think, uh, and that's another thing I wanted to like draw attention to the fact that you're willing to cut your short term cash and short term funding in order to go and chase what you're, you're passionate about, which ultimately has led you to get paid what you get paid. But like people, people have to be willing to kind of be able to do that you know some people just won't cut the cut the cord so credit to yourself for doing that it is a scary thing it is but i'm obviously thankful for past me to taking that risk yeah no big up to yourself for doing that but like is it is it hard do you think it's harder or do you think i want to ask this question because i I think it's a question that needs to be asked but like as a good looking woman right is it easier to get into the industry or is it harder to get into the industry um, I guess it's easy to get eyes on you at the start, like people are like, oh, who's this person? But it's harder to get, be taken seriously. Right, that yeah, is yeah, yeah. the biggest battle that I started out with. Um, looking back at my, even my dress sense, I used to try, like dress boyish to try and fit to in. Try, yeah, to but try I did, I do down. like that style. I do like the baggy pants and the, the caps and all that. And yeah, just looking back, I was dressing really boyish back then to kind of fit in as well. Because you wear basketball shorts now. Yeah, no, I still like it, but I'm. I guess I'm more feminine in the way I dress. I don't know. You've found, you've you've kind of found yourself through your music as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's very much a boys' club, and I remember my first few gigs. I would have male. I don't know if they were DJs or whatnot, but they would just stand over like next to me, watching every move I make to make sure that I was DJing, like trying to intimidate me. Really? And yeah, like the pressure you get as a chick. Like I used to get comments saying she can't DJ, she just, you know, looks good up there or blah, blah, blah. And 
it just it used to annoy me so much, but now not so much because I just. Because obviously you've grown a, quite a big social follow, following across the platforms as well. Like, mm-hmm. is that something that's growing through DJing, or was that growing through your dancing and your, and and like some modelling stuff and from your podium stuff? Like, no, I think it was purely when my DJ career started that my social started growing, which was really good. So people were following what I was doing and coming along with the journey. Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good. It takes so much to organically grow social platforms like what you what you've done, you know, and take it to that next level. It do do you, do you talk to me about like the business element behind DJing then? So how do you, how do you how do you make it a good business model that obviously can work and, and pay you for for a long period? I mean, is it just a simply a swap time for money play in terms of you do this gig you get paid, or have you got other things in place that allow you to get like trickle down revenue and stuff like that? Like in terms of like um, like royalties and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I make most of my money, I guess, from touring. Um, so, like, I started off with you know doing it free, and then I was signed with an agency. So I was lucky that they get to, you know, decide my rate and stuff at the start. And I had a manager, so he kind of took over all the business side. But then once we parted ways, I had to take on that role and I got to set my rate of what I thought I was worth. And I got to say yes and no to shows. And yeah, it was kind of good taking over the business side of things. Did it, in, did it intimidate you at the start to kind of put a rate around the value of yourself? Because I find a lot of people struggle with this. Yeah, it was really hard. Um, I guess my manager beforehand already kind of set a rate. But yeah, just also being a boss on your own, especially being a chick, you know, in the industry, I didn't want to come across as a diva as well. So I wanted to come across more as a business decision making person. Um, But yeah, it's always tricky when you're trying to set your rate. But if the venue and the events are okay with that, then yeah, it shows that that's what you're worth as well. Yeah, but do, do when say say you'd been running a rate for like twelve months? Yeah, do you, where, obviously do you, how often do you put your rate up? And because obviously your worth goes up the more shows that you do, right? And the more the more the more experience you get on the board. Now I know we're in a bit of a difficult time at the moment with COVID and everything mm. going on. I mean, you were touring Asia and all this other stuff, but like. When do you do you, do you set your, do, you, do you set a check in with yourself to say okay right I've got to evaluate what what my rate is now like or how do you do it Yeah, every now and then you got to you know assess what you've done in the past year. Um, I guess it really depends on like music. If you have something that's popped in the you know radio or whatever that's popular on the charts, then obviously that can boost your rate up. Um, if you've played the big festivals, that can boost your rate up. Like certain things. What 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 do they class as a big festival? Um, I guess if you've played like, you know, Creamfields, Tomorrowland, they're, oh, yeah, they're the yeah, big, yeah. big ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say those ones because Australia doesn't really have that many big festivals these days. Have you, have you done the big festivals in the UK? I've done one. I've done Creamfields in the UK. I think it was 2016. It was so much fun. Yeah. So like, good. Do, do, see, when I go to festivals in Australia, I've got to be honest with you, it's just not. It's not just, the same? Nah, I just can't. I can't. I can't. I went. Uh, I went to that Send It Festival. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you were playing there, yeah. right? So I saw you play, and but the cra- but the crowd. I'm like looking around the crowd. and I'm thinking, I just don't get. I just don't get that. There's just not one type of person. There's like lots of different. It's just so many variables there, and mm. I d- it wasn't. A, I just wasn't used to it. I was like, I just couldn't figure out. 
I'm like, it just wasn't, didn't sit right with me. It just yeah. was something weird about it. I can't explain it to you. Like, it just, just didn't, it just not, I know it's not even a big festival, but like, you know, considering we're going through COVID and that, it's big, it's big enough, it's a few yeah. thousand people there. It's good, it's good for people like you to get mm. out to perform. But you talk about Creamfields, the vibe, you, you cannot describe the feeling of euphoria that you get when you're at a festival like that. Yeah. Creamfields, V-Fest. Glastonbury like do you know what I mean like yeah we, we used to have like Stereosonic and Future Music here yeah. and they were huge like they had a couple stages and thousands and thousands of people would come but they all died out and now we don't really have many festivals here which is really sad so is that what led you so when did you start going over like when did you start touring the world of DJing because I think we need to pull it back a bit because obviously I've, I've missed that part so what what how far into your career did you start to tour then like in terms of like go go out of Australia so within my first year of being signed to an agency I got a gig in Singapore and Jakarta so that was my first overseas shows um I took my older sister with me because they were paying for a tour manager for those shows and we went over together and it was, yeah, really exciting to be in a different country and I was kind of scared about what music to play but they loved, you know, what was popular at the time and, um, yeah, so that was my first overseas show and pretty much since then I've been going to Asia frequently besides now. Because you played for Beckham in Asia, didn't you? Yeah, so he was launching his whiskey over there and... I didn't even know Beckham had a whiskey, to Yeah, he does. Well, Doesn't taste so good. <laughs> nah? nah. <laughs> you're shooting him... To, I can't believe of all the men you're shooting down, you're, no. shooting, down, you're shooting down Beckham on the podcast. No, honestly, I I didn't even know if I was going to get to meet him, um, but... Did you? I got to meet him, yeah. He's like, come yeah. over and have a drink with us, so... Yeah. Me and my tour manager, who's my agent, we went over and had a drink with him and his crew that he had there and... He was so lovely. He was what, so what, nice. What do you reckon? You rated him? Oh, I rate him highly, yeah. yeah. Very lovely. Like Good looking I, lad? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Good looking lad. Shout out to all the English boys out there. Go on, son. Um, so, yeah, I got to drink with him and then he's like, we're going back to our hotel. There's a bar downstairs if you guys want to come have you know drinks there. And we're like, hell yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we walked out and oh, you should have seen the paparazzi in the crowd that was outside this venue. It was mental. So, I can only imagine what it's like him in LA or wherever he is now yeah, yeah. he's he's a, he's in Miami right now he, he owns a football club called Inter Miami he set up a oh. new franchise out there okay yeah so it was mental and then we went to his hotel and had drinks with his crew and I got did to you talk meet, to him did you meet like meet his sons and that like Romeo and all that no they went there it was just him and his like best mate who was a soccer player too but I wouldn't know his name I'm not Paul really Stoles? I don't know <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't tell you so when was it what, what year was this um, was it 2015? 2015. Oh, yeah, maybe. I'm trying to think who that might have been, but yeah, probably probably one of the yeah. probably one of the Spanish players, something like that. But who who else? Who's like the biggest like diva that you've met on the scene? Um, to be honest, everyone's quite nice. Um, Can't book. <laughs> I'm not going to drop diva names, but <laughs> <laughs> come on. Um, I will say like this is one thing that is not good, like this is a tip for anyone starting out, is to just stay humble because people talk and people will know if you're being a diva or, you know, you have a bit of so ego. What, so what's classed as being a diva and an ego? Because some people some people can can um, can take certain things as ego and being a diva that aren't, that aren't really that way, if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah, it is a fine line between, you know, fighting for what, you know, you believe you deserve and yeah being a diva um 
I don't know. I guess when you got to respect everyone at what level they're at. Like some people think they're bigger than, you know, someone else when really they're not and they try and be higher on the bill or get a better set time and they just haven't worked as hard or earned that spot compared to someone else. But it, it, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, if I was if I was going to be a competitive DJ, right? Even 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 if I wasn't as good as you, I'd still be trying to think smart to think how can I get above the above <laughs> you on the bill. I would be. Yeah, I would totally. be. Like, I like, like, like I would be. I'd I'd be like, okay, how can I pull this off? Mm-hmm. Like because it's just tactics, isn't it? Yeah, it's strategy. I, know. I guess my morals sometimes get in the way of pushing me further with that because I'm just like, oh, you know, they've got a bigger following, or they've done this, so they deserve, you know, blah blah blah. But also I am my own manager, so I'm pushing myself, which sometimes feels mm. – w- sometimes I wish I had someone to be the bad guy and to push, you know, for me and look bad instead of me doing it myself. Um, I'll just get on the phone for you. I'll be like, <laughs> right, if you don't put her at number one, like you, <laughs> lot, be my manager. you, you, lot, you lot can just smoke this festival because we're not going because like, <laughs> we're just not having it. And you can double that fee as well because it's ridiculous. But yeah, like a lot of that <laughs> does go on behind the scenes, like managers and agencies having – fights over artwork or set times and what do you mean a fight over artwork like if you create the artwork surely you can't fight over the artwork no the venues normally created or the event ah right so you want a different piece of artwork so so if your face is lower on the poster than someone (laughs) else's face do you know what I mean yeah people like yeah get upset about what their logo looks like or yeah certain things like that it's just how it is it's branding. It's, it's, branding. It's, it's very. So it sounds a bit like what you're telling me. Then is the DJ industry is extremely like 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 you're all in um on them ball pools at a kids play area, and you're all just like wrestling over who, <laughs> who get who gets to own the ball pool. Basically. Uh, sort of. But we're all mates. Like we really are. We're, I love catching up with them. Like I went to the Lunar Festival just to catch up with people. I wasn't playing, but um yeah, we're all like a family. But at the end of the day, we're all also working hard to be you know, where we want to be. So are you, are you all really rivals? Because you've all got different different elements and flavours to yourself anyway. Like, are you really rivals? Like, like is Will Sparks really your rival? Uh, no, like we're all in our different lane and I, that's how I like to see it. But when it comes to, I guess, like festivals and things where we're all kind of on the one show, that's kind of when these things kind of come out. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So at a festival, how do you negotiate your how do you negotiate your position then on 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 the on the on the you know on the run? Um, like how do you, give me give me example with Send It Festival because you what third down or two, second yeah, down? Yeah, with Send It, I I just was happy to play to be honest because there wasn't much happening after COVID. I was just like, yep, sick of festival. Like, yeah, 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 that's good. But normally, like people would do deals, like they do it cheaper if they want to get a better set time or. You know, things like that, or they'll guarantee that they'll bring dancers and this and that and make their show epic and make it worthwhile to the promoter in that way. Um, everyone just wheels and deals differently, I guess. So what would you – so say I've got the best festival in Australia right now. What deal are you offering me to get you on number one? Oh, if I was, like, doing the headline and everything, I'd do that. I'd probably do it super cheap or even for free because that's – you know, really, I yeah. don't. I don't understand that. I don't understand it as a. I don't understand how that's a good business model. I know what you mean, but a lot of the time it is smoke and mirrors. Like I see people post these epic shows and whatnot, and I know that they're not 
getting paid a lot. Like it kind of looks like they're living this lifestyle, but they're not. But it helps them because other people see it and they book them and then they end up getting a lot of shows from it kind of thing. It trickles down. Right, right, right. right. Mm. Okay, okay. But to play a show like, say you went, say you just did it cheap just to play like V-Fest or mm-hmm. to play uh, Creamfields. It's a, to, I understand why you want to play Creamfields and you vibe it. I understand that. But on the same token, it is a big festival. They can afford to pay, and they should pay because mm-hmm. you're generating revenue for the for the, for the I know, festival. I know. So it's kind of it's kind of like That's I get you, I get you, I get the I get the value you're bringing for free, and I understand because I've done lots of free things yeah. for, for for people that should have paid me as well. But yeah. it just I'm just like fuck that pisses me off. <laughs> but it's also the venues and that too. They're like this is our budget, and this is you know sometimes they offer you less than what you're worth as well, and you kind of have to take it like it. Yeah, it works both ways. So, so give me give me an example then, so I, so I kind of understand this, right? A bit a, a, a festival like Creamfields, mm-hmm. yeah. What kind of budget would they have for one day of that festival for the artists? Oh, to be honest, I'm not like in the event side of things, but yeah, they would have to have a lot of money to book the acts that they do. Like they get some crazy, crazy people in there. Because so. I'm sure they've had like people like Eminem on there and, and people yeah. like that at Creamfields. Yeah. I'm sure they have. Yeah. Well, I think they had. Kelvin Harris the year that I was playing maybe and he was like the top paid DJ at the time he might still be I'm not sure but he was getting like I think a million for one set like it was ridiculous and what's how long is the set um like an hour to an hour and a half right that's that's the set that's the standard standard set yeah so have you done Ibiza no I haven't done Europe I've just done a little bit of the UK and are you you gonna are you gonna do it Uh, hopefully hopefully after COVID I've got you, I was speaking to my mate this morning who books out the clubs for DJs in Ibiza. Yeah. And I'm going to... Hook me up. Yeah. I just realised. I just realised I've got the connection <laughs> for you. I was speaking, Maybe you should be my mate. I was actually speaking to him. I actually told him, I actually told him you were coming on, coming on the show today. Mm. And I never actually thought to myself, oh, maybe I should... I thought you'd already played there, but if you've no, not played there, then no, I haven't. Let's get you in amnesia because yeah. that's like six thousand people, like in, in a nightclub. That's that's some some mad. That's some mad thing. I suppose I suppose it can't just be like that though because it has to be about how your genre fits into that club, right? Yeah. So what kind of clubs? What give me an example of clubs in IB for? Do you know clubs in IB for? Not many. Uh, Pasha. Pasha, right? I so, probably so, pa- like I pay, played Pasha when it was in Sydney. Right. Okay. Okay. See, that's the kind of that's the kind yeah, of vibe. I guess that you're, that, yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's good. That's good. No, that's, that's, that's mad to know. It's, it's mad how things work out in it. I literally spoke to you this morning. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have to pocket and remind me because I'm serious. Oh, once COVID's over, we're booking a tour. Yeah, booking a tour. <laughs> booking a tour. He's got. He's literally going back to Spain like uh, next week. He's just got his Spanish residency, so buzzing mm. out there. But who? So in terms of like when you're a DJ, and that do you? have people that you obviously must have people and flavors that you look up to in terms of like music that that kind of inspire you to create mm-hmm. and who are those people for you um i love kelvin harris he's always been like my number one his music is just so like it can be played in a club it can be played on the radio it's very versatile and commercial which i love because so many people can enjoy it um, but when it comes to like performing and stuff, I look up to Will Sparks and Timmy Trumpet. Like their performance is crazy. If you've ever seen their sets, yeah, like yeah, they're yeah, running yeah. around, they're jumping off stuff. Um, yeah, so I love their performance style. What about people like like uh, I suppose 
I suppose he, I know he's an artist, but a DJ as well, isn't he? Like Avicii and people like that, obviously, like when he was alive and that. He was oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Like His at, music was at, insane. At, at, in Tomorrowland and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I suppose you have to kind of aim for the commercial thing because, like, the, that's where that's where you get paid. Obviously, that's where you, you're going yeah. to get played and paid. Yeah. Well, I love it. So that's plus. But also, it is, you know, in Australia, we don't have the big clubs like in America and all that. So we're pretty limited with where we can play. And obviously, the commercial dance music is a popular genre here. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, the yeah. clubs mainly play that. So I'm suited to a lot of venues here, which is good. Do you, do you think, though, that um, with. So. Yeah, okay, this is a better question actually. The when you say you're gonna build a commercial track, where where do you actually start in terms of like pulling bits and inspiration from? Like how would mm. you go about building this commercial track if you're gonna start it? Do you do you pick someone else's beat or do you make the beat yourself first and then get a, then get someone to run the lyrics over it or do you pick the lyrics and then get and then you run the yeah. beat to the lyrics? It's always different. Like sometimes I will have like a melody or a beat in my head. Or I will have like a, a certain phrase or some lyrics that I kind of want to work around and make a song out of. Um, so, yeah, it just comes to you in different ways. Or like sometimes if I'm feeling in a certain moody way, I want to put that in, you know, into a instrumental. See, see what what is it then? What is the kind of mood that really vibes? Because I, so, so I know we're talking about a different thing here, but like obviously with someone like Lewis Capaldi, right, as an artist, he pulls a lot of stuff away from like love and broken hearts and breaking up with his girl, right? So he he uses that and then he uses that energy to go write his songs and write his and write his melodies mm-hmm. and all that stuff. As an artist, where do you draw that from? Do you draw is it uh, is it drawn from a breakup? Is it drawn from just picking like random stuff, or is it draw? Wh- where are you drawing the energy from um, to bu- to build these beats out and to get this flavor? Yeah, well, mainly when I'm making music, coming from a dance background, it needs to be something that makes me want to get up and dance. So right, okay, okay. I like something that's a bit uplifting, kind of got that you know dance beat to it. And then when it comes to vocals on top, like I for better before, I reached out to Rachel because I've heard her stuff and she's Constanzo. amazing. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. I reached out to her and I sent her off the better before beat. And um, yeah, like the next day or day after, she sent me some lyrics and a bit of a, you know, sample of what she's done and it was perfect, perfect fit. So we went with that. So sometimes it's up to the, you know. And she's a big deal, isn't she? Like she's, she's, oh, she's, yeah, she's booming. So she's got a couple of tracks under her belt, which are epic. Um, but yeah, she's very creative. Like she came up with the lyrics and she's an amazing singer, obviously. And yeah, we worked well together and that's how that track came about. So they all just come about in different ways, I guess. But and and you just and you just all about the collabs. So there's always got to be got to be some vocalist here and and someone's beat here and kind of mash it up. In the yeah, middle. I mean, I wish I could sing and then I could do all of that. But do you reckon? I've, I, you know what? I reckon I'm going to ask your sister later. To I'm sure she'll she'll send through some beats of you singing. Oh, I've tried. I've tried recording myself, and I just I don't know. Like when you hear your own voice, I'm like, ugh. But not many DJs can dance like you can. Maybe like not. You're pretty That's probably my that, little edge I, I, I did not realise you had them moves in your locker. Like I seriously didn't until I see that music video. I was like, okay, cool. She can she can move. Like <laughs> you can move, girl. You can move. But like, do do you ever get? Do you ever think you'll ever go back to to the dance element? And and mm. do you, like, what what's your plans like, after the DJ stuff? Like, well, actually, just last year or the year before, I was incorporating dance into my sets. So I had two dancers with me, and we worked on a few like dance routines to do. 
while I was playing. So that was going to be part of my show is like having Corey as well. Um, but then COVID hit and I couldn't really do the tour that I wanted to last year. And now I'm just feeling out this year whether I can do that or not. Um, but life after DJing is something that has been on my mind for ages. Because um, what, what, what age do you like retire from DJing as a woman? Like how many years is enough for you? Because like the late nights must, must, I mean, like not saying you are, but like after a while, the, the late nights must age people mm. and start to, and start to slow people down. Yeah. I mean, I don't really stay out and party these days. I might stay back for one drink, but, um, I guess I will stop DJing when I obviously either stop getting booked or when I start having a family that could definitely put the brakes on touring, I guess. But have you thought about what life what life will be like and what, what kind of things you'll potentially do after that? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot because I'm such a passionate, driven person. I need to have my heart in whatever I do next. So if I start a business, I need to be, you know, I need to love it for it to be successful, I guess. so. Maybe yeah. a dance school then? I did think about being a dance teacher back before I was a DJ. Like that was an option that I was looking into. Um, yeah, I love dancing. I'd love to be involved in the dance community somehow, I guess, but we'll see. Give back. And do you have, like, is there anything advanced booked now that you've got in your mind for going abroad, like after all this COVID stuff? Or is, is it, is, is it, re- is it really hindering your career right now in terms of like where you're going? Cause like, obviously speaking to a, speaking to a DJ like yourself in a lockdown situation, I mean, we've just gone into like mm. wearing masks and all this bullshit here. Mm. Right, so like we we you could potentially not be out the country until next year. Like, what what do you do? What does a DJ do when when there's no work? Like, um, yeah, well, I'm pretty lucky that I've got a good foundation here in Australia. So, I have been booked up like the past two months. I've played every weekend, which is really good. And I've got the next month, this April, I've got like four shows, which is really good. Like one a weekend. And a few in May, so I'm pretty lucky that I'm still getting shows and playing around the country. Um, but yeah, if anything gets worse, then I'm going to start to worry about what's going to happen. Yeah, because it's it's so because when it's your livelihood, and and obviously that is your main is that so this DJing is is your obviously your main route to revenue, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. So like obviously when when that's not happening, it's like you're totally you're totally knackered, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, last year I felt really lost. Like I'm pretty lucky. I am really good with my money and savings and whatnot. But just not having, you know, shows, I was like, who am I without Brooklyn? Like, who am I without playing shows? I kind of lost my identity for a little bit, which was something I had to kind of but, but, get but, over. But obviously, are you not going to, obviously, Brooklyn, you've, you've built into a brand. Are you, are, is there, is there, are you thinking about building some products or something around your personal brand? Or is there anything you're going you're gonna to tag on, like some, like some kind of product or... Mm-hmm. I think if I did do another business, it probably wouldn't branch off Brooklyn. But I mean, I might like promote it through. Yeah, pr- yeah. promote it through promote it, it through your network, yeah. through your personal brand. But like, obviously, like Troy Candy does snorkels. You mm. know what I mean? It's, it's and you know other other people do yeah. other stuff. You know, yeah. that just kind of you know Sam Mangan does James Cosmetics. And, yeah, I mean, it would be smart to promote it to the you know the fan base that I've. Is it, is it is there anything you're thinking about doing though? Is there anything you're vibing? Um, I've always been into fashion. Um, so I've I've thought about that a lot, like starting a brand. Are you, are you talking about active wear or are you talking about like... Uh, um, no, I thought streetwear because obviously yeah, yeah, you are my street, style yeah, yeah. is different. Like I, 
I wear boys' clothes sometimes, like I used to. Is it, well, this is boys' clothes? Uh, no, this isn't. This jumper isn't, but I do shop in the men's section sometimes. <laughs> and I, I'm a petite person, like I'm pretty small, so I thought, oh, you know, some things I like, but they don't fit me that well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. to make it more suitable for a petite girl maybe, but street style, boyish style. Um, but yeah, since I've been getting into the gym, I've also been thinking, what should I do active wear? But I don't know. Well, talk to me through talk talk me through some of your sponsors that you got on like Instagram and that because you got like you you vibe you, you you represent people like Culture Kings, don't you? Yes, I work with Culture Kings a bit, and I you know over COVID I picked up more influencer stuff, I guess, because I wasn't traveling with work. Um, so yeah, I work alongside them a lot, which is awesome. Like they very much suit my brand, my yeah, street yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, and you like you vibe it, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I work with Meshki as well, which is a bit more girly, but. I really enjoy like the the pieces that they make. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't really do a lot of influencer stuff. I've just kind of gone into it the past year, I'd say. Yeah, I I I, I know that um, you're probably not keen on it, but it's a good revenue generator, especially when mm. when things have gone down. It's yeah. good. To have, it's, it's it's lucky that you've got these social media f- followings because now you can you can do things like that. If you yeah. you'd be totally toast if it was you were just sold on on. Yeah, DJing, but I don't I mean. want to be like you, you know, don't want to be the influencer. Yeah, that everyone's yeah. like, why is she promoting all this stuff now? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing worse than a woman on Instagram or a man for that matter, like either sex. But like, if they if they promote like one teeth whitener this week and then another one next week, <laughs> yeah. and, and then a, and then one bikini tomorrow and then another bikini the next day, and it's mm-hmm. like there's no congruence in terms no. of what you're doing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I will only say yes to brands that I actually love and use and want to promote so yeah i mean you ghosted this podcast for about how long oh my god no you're in my requests i'm hopeless though with my dms i need to like go through and just spend a day reading them and yeah. replying because yeah, to yeah. Be honest, you're, you're you're pretty you're pretty good when you responded it's pretty good it's like yeah i was like okay cool she responded, yeah. she responded. what was it about three weeks <laughs> i was like fair enough you know she's oh, a busy no, woman she's I a busy am, woman i am hopeless with the dms though nah, it's all good it's all good i bet you get a lot of dms let's talk about that like, yeah there's a lot of slide-ins in there uh you get people that message you daily like daily and I'm what, just what, like, lads? why? You're about lads. Yeah. Talk to me about some of these slide-ins that you've had on the DMs. Like, oh. like, like, you don't have to mention any names, but like, give us, give us a little bit of a background to how that looks, because I know that you women get t- like hounded on there. Yeah. Well, you can imagine the kind of DMs that someone would get, but a lot of you know, give us I, some samples. You know, can I take you out on a date? And I think that's what the, as a first as a first message. Yeah, like. How can what? I take you out on a date? How can I? Yeah. Well, he's just, he's just, he, that's just like straight away put him in, put him as like um, a low energy male because like he's asking you how he can take you on a date. Like, what's he asking you how for? You, yeah, should, just ass- you should just assume authority. Yeah, like, but I think that's the worst way to try get my attention anyway, like through a Instagram DM like that. I don't know. It's I sent you a voice message, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> I sent you a voice memo because I like I thought you know at least you can hear I'm genuine. Like, yeah, yeah, still, yeah. still took me three weeks to get a response. Can I just say to you, but at least I got a response. All right, I didn't get totally blown out on the, on, on the DMs, but I st- it still took me three weeks. But lads, if you're sending text and you're asking us straight out, you ain't getting nowhere. So don't even bother. No, like, I don't even. Yeah, like give us a few, give us some samples of like. Come on, oh I want to hear some I would samples. Have to probably go through my phone, but um, yeah, sometimes they're a bit creepy, like. 
I don't know. What Sometimes do they say? I'm worried they if they're going to show up to my show. I've had people, like a guy that was messaging me, and then he was standing on the side of the stage just filming my whole set. And I was just like, oh, like I didn't know if it was weird or he was just being nice, you know. That's just, not nice. That's that is know. that is definitely he's just not a nice. Fan, um, a big fan. I don't know, but it's all right being a fan, but you don't, you shouldn't be messaging a woman when you're standing five meters from her. Like, oh, yeah, and then like sending me all the videos they took. I'm just like, yeah, I've seen you standing there the whole hour just filming. That's some, that's some, I, mean, I, I want you to tell us some of the some some of the actual content, like. Like what they say, oh, I just can't think right now. But like some are so like disgusting. I'm not going to repeat. But then others are just like, yeah, when when can I take you on a date sort of thing? Um, but then obviously I get the nice ones that are like, you were so good tonight. Like the fans and, and you know that I appreciate you know my performance and that. Let me ask you a question then. Right, lads that have slid into DMs. Have you ever been out with one? As, as what were the ones that got to take you out? No, I've. No one that slid into my Instagram DMs or like Facebook even because I don't even take it seriously and I don't think, I don't know, because I'm such a, my Instagram is Brooklyn, like it's not, it's only a small part of me. So they're only seeing, they're only, they're only seeing, they're only seeing, they're not meeting the the woman other than they're meeting the, the, they're meeting the alter ego of the DJ Brooklyn. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I just, I don't even reply or like even open those ones, so it's the worst way to get my attention if anyone's yeah. trying to get it. Yeah, so, so 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 maybe like if you see her out in the gym, maybe actually grow a set of balls and go and say hello. You yeah, know? like the old fashioned way, just yeah, come say hi, just, be nice. Yeah, yeah, don't send her a voice note. Definitely don't send her. A vo- <laughs> no, that's so, refreshing, actually. That's yeah. nice. But um, out, okay, let's just work. How many voice notes do you get normally? Um, not many. No one really does that. Like, yeah, I know. That's that's why I do that. Because yeah. like, because uh, otherwise people can't hear. It. Like you could say, I, if I sent you a message off the bat without knowing you, I just think it looks a bit like creepy. Do you know what I mean? Like not creepy. Even though like my message is just about the podcast and about yeah, getting you just yeah. coming and you different. telling your story. It's different. It's a different angle. I know that. But like, I just you can't say you got like fifty requests to do a podcast, but someone's done a voice note and they've and they've actually like know about you and they've actually put a bit of effort into it. I just think it shows more more courtesy towards that person than mm. if you just send them a, a st- what looks like a templated text. I don't like that. Yeah. Cause you get them all the time, don't yeah. you? You them templated texts, you're just like, fuck, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you don't know me, mate. Like, so exactly. that's, that's how you get a reply from yeah. DJ Brooklyn. <laughs> like, send her a voice note. Honestly, you're going to get like 50 fucking <laughs> oh, voice no. notes. Every lad's going to be like, fucking shh. Oh, but, um, but no, where, where are we going with this? <laughs> so like, um, yeah, we'll come, let's come away from the DMs. So are you, are you going to take on, um, more fashion fashion work now or are you gonna just set up your own brand spend the time that you've got now sent to set up this own brand of yours um this brand idea is just an idea at this stage um so I'm, I'm happy to keep working with other brands and like learning about you know what they do and how do they market and then I don't know DJing is still going okay despite COVID like I'm still got bookings coming through and all that so I'm not really worried too much at this point but yeah I think I'll slowly start looking into building my own brand um on the side but not rushing into it will you be doing that with your sisters <laughs> you know I would love to because they all got they've got their own little you know skills my older sister's into journalism and marketing so she's pretty good at you know writing up an article and um my younger sister she's pretty good at networking and hustling and you know with all the influences influences and things like that um but 
I just I think we would also fight if we had a business together. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> even yeah, though yeah, I'd love yeah. that, but yeah, I think we would butt heads at some point, which wouldn't be good. I think I think it's got to be if you're going to work with with um, people, you got to be hard. You, you got to the family stuff is really hard. Do you know what I mean? Like I thought about employing my sister as a virtual assistant in England, like to do things for me. And I offered her the job a few times, and I just don't think she sounds <laughs> too keen on too keen on me being her boss, so to speak. But mm. I, it's not like you treat them like that. But they kind of they kind of vibe that way, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my older sister has worked for me before because she does PR work, you know. And um, yeah, I was unhappy with something that was printed, and we kind oh, of shit. got a little bit of in a fight. But <laughs> was it like when you say a fight? Was it like proper like punches thrown? No, no. That was we left that when we were ten years old, but <laughs> I was just saying that I wasn't happy with it, and she, you she know, took she took it, pers- it personal, personally, yeah, yeah, like yeah. where I was speaking from a business point. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What, yeah. what, what was that? What was the kind of like the angle of that? I mean, you don't have to tell us the context of the content, but like, what kind of angle was that? Was it, was it just something that was written about you that just wasn't true or didn't reflect your brand, or how how was it misconviewed? No, I just was quickly replying to questions and then I didn't want it printed yet because I wanted to go over it and, uh, you yeah, know, just, look back. Just like a typical misunderstanding yeah, t- type And thing. she, like, sent it off to be printed already. I was like, I wasn't finished with it yeah, and blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it wasn't a big deal, but I just wanted to let her know so it doesn't yeah, happen again. And then yeah. she kind of took it to heart and then... Then now you've got a new PR lady. <laughs> well, yeah, I haven't really had one since, um, but... Yeah, we got over it, of course. Like we make up straight away, and I, th- I think I think these things just happen in families, and that's why probably it's best not to work with them. Yeah, we were kind of like, should we continue working together or not? I don't know. But <laughs> do you know one one thing I want to want to ask you about and pivot into on this podcast because I think it's so important, especially for for, for anyone listening. It's like the mental health type side of this game mm-hmm. because I know when we've talked through this podcast you've mentioned a few times that you know of like having like obviously inappropriate messages and then and then on the other side of the coin you've got someone watching you DJing sending you stuff it's kind of like and then other people having an opinion on you DJing because you are a good looking woman and stuff like that yeah give me a bit of a overview on how like DJing has affected you like from a mental health standpoint of view yeah well people don't realize it looks glamorous right but I'm traveling by myself. I'm in hotels by myself. I, you know, after a big show, I'm in a room by myself in my hotel and uh, people don't see that. It's actually quite lonely a lot of the time. Um, So that used to play a big part of my mental health because I, you know, my friends were out partying all together and I was working on weekends. I was over in a different state alone. Um, so, yeah, people just don't take that into consideration that tour life is a lonely life as well. Um, as much as you're socialising in the club, it's kind of working, not so much, you know, social life. And have you ever experienced, like, any form of, like, bullying or any form of, like, uh, like whether it be online or in person, like, because of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve, or is that something you've not experienced? Um, I'm pretty lucky. Um, I, I think maybe someone's tried to tip a drink on the decks once or something like that always happens here and there like people who are just drunk um but everyone's pretty nice to me in person it's just more the online comments here and there that I get especially if it's a short clip of me DJing right and I'm performing or I'm on the mic I'm not mixing because you can't be sitting there mixing for you know an hour you need to actually play some some of the songs so people can listen to it and sing 
And they only see this short clip of me and they think, oh, she's not touching the buttons, so she's not DJing, blah, blah, blah. Like right, I get yeah, all yeah, those yeah. comments, which really pissed me off because they obviously haven't come and seen me DJ live. They're just making an assumption off a two-second clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and obviously and obviously a wrong assumption at that. <laughs> so that, so what kind of comments what are they making in regards to that then? Oh, like she's, she's like a... Uh, long girl she doesn't yeah DJ. she's just, just there because um, of her looks or is that is this, is this the kind of angle they're going down or yeah like what i'm wearing um yeah i'll get comments like oh she's up there because she's wearing this or that which annoys me as well because i see male djs like they get so sweaty and hot that they'll take their shirt off and keep djing but like if i'm wearing a kind of a crop toppy thing then i'll get a comment saying oh she's not really wearing much clothes that's why she got booked or something it's yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah crazy yeah. but but it's it is genuine under the lights it's hot yeah it, it like, gets I, so hot up there under under the lights it is hot and and you like anyone if you want to wear a crop top you should wear a crop it's no different from going down the beach in a bikini yeah yeah i mean that those comments don't affect me anymore like i wear what i want to wear now but they definitely did at the start, I think, and that's why I used to dress, I guess, a bit more boyish, so I wouldn't get those comments. Like I used to wear like baggy tees all the time. And do you think? Do you think then that you've picked up your your like style um, as a kind of safety, as a, like a safety blanket to how to, to protect yourself against these kind of comments? Then um, would you say, or is it is it something genuinely you love you love to wear? Have you ever thought oh, no, about that? I depth? did love to wear like the the baggy tees and the sneakers and the caps and all that. Um, I guess it was it's also part of an image and a brand. Like you definitely have to think about what you're gonna present yourself as an artist um, as part of the package. But I have evolved in my style. Obviously, I'm not so boyish these days. Yeah, yeah, because when, when I see you at um, the last festival clip that I see you on, on Instagram, you was wearing like a, a, I think it was a crop top and like basketball shorts. Mm, so I mix it up a bit with, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. a bit of a girly top and boyish bottoms maybe. But and and but that kind of stuff is good because you can abs- you can represent brands and that. You could represent a bikini brand and you could represent like a, like a Culture Kings at the bottom. Mm. You know what I mean, it's like you can, do, you can do a bit of that through the yeah. post. I mean, like... People thought also, not not that I was a model, but if I did any modelling, they're just like, she's a DJ model. Like, that was a yeah, big yeah, thing yeah, back yeah. then. Like, when Paris Hilton started DJing, they're like, she's a model. Why yeah. is she DJing? Is, is Paris Hilton any good at DJing? I actually don't know. I've never seen her DJ. I hope she, I hope she's good. Paris Hilton, I think, is more intelligent than what people give her credit for. Oh, yeah, I think like, so, At too. the end of the day, the girl's a billionaire mm-hmm. um, in her own right. Without, yeah. without, without even talking about her family, what her family had done, huh? she's she's a clever like so, like people give the Kardashian shit. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I vibe everything they do, but you can't take away from the fact that these women are worth a lot of money. So yeah. if you so like at the end of the day, if if, some, if a woman's making a lot of money just and she's doing her thing and she's enjoying it and she's living in her true self, why would you try and shoot her down? Is what I'm saying. Exactly. It says more about these people than it does about you as an artist. Yeah. And like to stay relevant for that many years. Like even me, eight years, I'm like, wow, you know, that's something to also be proud of because this industry, you're hot one minute and you're out the next or you see so many like people come and go. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I'm pretty happy that I've stayed consistent. Yeah, I, I'm just, I, I, I mean, I don't know like how many years more years you got planned i mean i know we've talked mm. about that but like mate is it like four or five years or do you know what i mean but like eventually eventually i think you, obviously you probably want to be- 
want to settle down, I have a boyfriend, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it's like you know when you're touring around the world, trying to find, trying to have um, a relation, like a mm. relationship. Trying to have a relationship when you're trying to achieve big shit is fucking hard. Yeah, in my opinion, it like, is. I think that's I've struggled in the love life department for a while now. <laughs> fucking, you're telling me I, 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 I am still struggling in the love life department because like it's it's just hard in it. You've got touring. Like me, I I got family in England. Like you want to go back and see your family every now and again. Like, yeah. and there's going to be like when you go away, it's like there's problems. It's just like, phew, like yeah, different lifestyles. It's, it's different. Yeah, it's a different lifestyle. So you have to find someone who's like on the traje- on the same trajectory. It's got their own shit going on. Yeah, yeah you know? that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's been tough, but it is what it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell by your face that you, you, you're 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 thinking about some 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 bad experiences. <laughs> oh god, I'm just the worst at picking people. I think anyway. Yeah, I know, I know but I think I think um, that that we all do that. We all mm. do that. Like we can't punish ourselves for that no. at the end of the day. And we all learn from it. Yeah, yeah, we, we learned something from we've, it. We've, we've all learned. We've all learned the hard way. I've been smacked in the teeth a fair few <laughs> times. I tell you, honestly, like you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to see the funny side of it. Mm-hmm. You got to see the funny side of it. But um, if there is any men listening to this podcast, what kind of man do you go for? <laughs> oh God, I don't even know these days. Um, yeah, just someone who's got their own shit going on. I guess that's a plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, humble, down to earth. That's a huge thing. Send voice notes. Go go for the get, 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 if you're going to send anything, send a voice note. <laughs> good sense of humor. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, fuck. Well, there you go then, lads. Lads and, like, and likes music. <laughs> lads, come on, come on. Show sh- if you're going to do anything with this podcast. Show show some, you know if you're a listener to this podcast, you got to show some uh, some good DMs from, from this podcast. Do you know what I mean? But um, look, I suppose. Thank you very much for for coming on here and dropping dropping your knowledge and, and everything right. you've 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 done. I, I'm buzzed. You've gone from Central Queensland mm. to dropping international beats and everything in between. Like, and I think you're going to blow it up this year. I really hope that you get this fashion brand mm-hmm. sorted out because I think mm-hmm. that's I think I think I'm 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 knowing your vibe in that, and I think you'll have your your da- I reckon you'll have a dance studio one day. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got I'm convinced that of would it. actually be really cool. I'd love that. But um, I'm going to um, put a link to all your like sound clouds and all this kind of stuff so people can hear your music and all that stuff in the bio of the yeah. podcast. But do you want to drop your socials so everyone can send you voice notes? Okay, great. <laughs> My DMs. Um, DJ.Brooklyn on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. And then just look up DJ Brooklyn on Facebook, I guess, and you'll see me there. Oh, actually, before we go, actually, I just want another question. <laughs> no, sorry, I have to ask this. Before we go, no, 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 this is this is it. Then we will go. But like TikTok, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do you now make beats for like TikTok to send your music viral? No, I do have my one of my songs is on TikTok, um, but you can put your own sounds on there when you're doing your own videos. So I'm looking into doing some more DJ stuff because I just started out doing the silly, you know, I think dancing stuff yeah, and the lip syncing stuff, which I love and that's fun. But I think I need to put some more DJ content I, I out think, there. I, I think you put your music on there more than they're mm. dancing, isn't it? Like, because, or you dancing to your own music and send your own music viral. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a sick thing. And, and, and one more thing that we must get out before we go because mm-hmm. I just thought of this as well it's like if you were gonna if, if if this was your last day on the planet yeah you were, you're checking out you know you've done everything you wanted to do but you had to there's only one thing you can leave the world like in terms of like some advice and guidance for like other young women or or men and women what would that advice be um I guess don't be scared to go for your dreams and your passion because 
like what else do you want to do on this planet? Like all I want to do is do what I love and I'm sure that everyone has their own dreams. So take that risk and go for it. And obviously family is number one as well. I just want to say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love, that. I love the fact that you brought the family into it because I, I, you yeah, don't even need, huge. you did, don't, you know, don't even need to tell me. And like, there's a lot of people like myself that don't get to see their family right now because of what's going on in the world. Yeah. So, like, big shout out to all you lot, chin up, and uh, yeah, thank you so much, Thanks DJ Brooklyn me. in the house. <laughs> and uh, yeah, guys, if you can do us a solid favor, if you can get like, obviously go to Brooklyn's uh, Instagram, give her a like and and follow, um, follow my Instagram for, at Frankie Lee. And you can also, um, if you could just go and leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever, you can leave a review and just support the podcast, share it with your friends. We'd be appreciated. Now, don't send too many voice notes to this young lady because she's already going to be inundated. But uh, yeah, if you've got something good, send it away. Anyway, thank you very much. Much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast. 